Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Batball Podcast. We are here for episode 59. I'm sorry that I've been a little bit absent with episodes. I've been extremely busy gardening, plumbing, coaching, whatever you want to do. Done a bit of it all. And, uh, well, today I'm, I'm here with somebody that I saw on TV last night, and I thought, this makes it even better. I was sitting there, and I had a pizza. I had a Domino's pizza. I was promised a burger, but instead we were surprised with a Domino's pizza. Very nice. And I was sitting there eating it and we had Gogglebox on. And this was a Gogglebox from like quite a while ago. And I don't know why we had this one on, but we just had it on. And we were sitting there. I was eating this pizza and I saw Tom Allen come up, uh, come up on the screen. And I thought, okay, this is cool. I know someone's been on this. And they were like, oh, it's his first, it's his first show. And I went, hold on. And then they were like, they were showing the guests. And I was like, oh, oh, oh there he is. I know him. He's on my Facebook friends list. Oh my God. And then I was like, my mom. Yeah, look, there's there's Taryn. So Taryn Chelly, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Hello. Thanks for having me again. Yes, Gogglebox has been my pinnacle. And uh, yeah, it's it's great to be recognized. You know, um, I'll sign autographs later. Yeah, please do. I mean, I've got the book ready. Uh, I don't know how yeah. you sign it over Zoom. But we'll find a way. Just put your hand find a way. Just like mm. that's it. But yeah, telepathically. That I mean, that's it. I've got like a little portal, like a little Rick and Morty gun or something like that. Just like yeah. shoot that into the wall. <laughs> I mean, that was crazy when I saw you on the TV. I was kind of like, this can't be happening. How he's on Gogglebox? Does he not realise how amazing this is? <laughs> it is strange because when um, a week before, obviously, I was on the actual show. Mm. I was on there for forty-five minutes and everything. And then um, a week later, I thought, oh, you know what? I don't even, because I, I didn't think Goggle Box was going to be on that week. Mm. So I went to the cinema to watch the new Mortal Kombat film. And um, so I was in the cinema watching it. I thought, this film's terrible, but what did I expect? And then um, afterwards, I left the cinema and I saw hundreds of messages on my phone saying, oh my God, you're on Gogglebox. Oh my day, you're on Gogglebox. I was on, I was on Gogglebox for 30 seconds. But more people got excited about that than me being on the entire show. <laughs> it's just, it's I, I just think the reason for that would be is that pro- well, probably more people were tuning into Gogbox, out of That's all it. honesty. Do you know what I mean? And it was, I, I won't lie to you, I found it quite difficult to understand how the game worked at the start oh. with the Tom Allen yeah. thing. I don't know if that's because I'm an idiot, but like, it was just like quite difficult. And then I was like, oh, okay, wibble dibble. Nipple. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I still don't get it. And I was on the show. They, they had to um. They had to explain it to me three times before I got it. I was, and I had to I had to go to rehearsals for because um the whole process was I had to go to an audition in London first, mm. and then after that I went. We filmed the actual show itself in Manchester, so in that time I had to learn how to actually do this show, and it's um, it was a it was a strange experience, but um we got through it. You know we got there in the end. But uh, they actually said to me, the producers, because when I was um, doing the rehearsal, uh, not the rehearsal, sorry, the audition, they gave me a microphone. And as a stand-up comic, I saw a microphone, I saw an audience. So I went to town and said, oh, pull my finger. So I was doing all the jokes. And then um, when I got to the show, the producer said to me, Taryn, you were hilarious in your audition. I said, thank you. They go, but can you pull it back a little bit? Because we don't want you to outshine Tom Allen. Mm. And... Yeah, they said, this is Tom Allen's show. This isn't the Taron show. So we need to make sure it's about him. And I was like, okay, I can do. So um, 
there was uh, a lot of editing that went into the show from what I saw from when it came out. <laughs> I mean, they didn't they didn't mention my yeah, they didn't mention my comedy, they didn't mention any of my teachings, nothing. But you know, that's what it is. I wonder if we'll ever see those like revealed scenes. Like we'll have to break into the headquarters of this game show and be like, give us the give us the Taron Shelley shot. Could you imagine? That would be amazing. Yeah, the director's cut. Give us, yeah, give us the director's cut or we will shoot you. That's I want to see the three-hour director's cut of Quizness. Let's see it. And if we don't see it, then I will take your show off you and be more funny than Tom Allen. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Watch out, Tom. Watch out. You just, you, you, I mean, the fact that, like, this is what, this is really weird, right? There is people funnier than the funniest comedian, although in my opinion, that is just yeah. subjective to everybody's opinion. Yeah, yeah. There is somebody funnier than the funniest, com- funniest comedian, right? There is someone faster than Usain Bolt. Yeah. There is, well, you know, that there, there's, I can almost guarantee that there'll be people faster than Usain Bolt. There is um, people stronger than half Thor Bjornsson, but yeah. it's, they're not recognised. That's it, because um, these people, these individuals like Usain Bolt, um, Hathor, Bjornsson, Tom Allens, all these are, they decided to go and make a career out of that, whereas those others didn't. They mm. chose, um, or some of them have, are trying to make a career, but they haven't got those breaks like these guys have. And sometimes that's just how it is. You know, so there probably is someone who can run 100 metres in seven seconds flat, but we'll never know who that guy is because we know who Usain Bolt is. Mm. I think, I think it's about the the distribution of technology and wealth as well. And oh yeah, and this won't be like a massive like rant on this. It's just I was I heard someone talking about it. I thought this is interesting because this is something that I've thought yeah. about. Like the idea of somebody can't afford a phone and they're running and they run faster than Usain Bolt will never ever know. And they might yeah. be able to say they can, but that's not yeah. enough proof. It's, well, yeah, that's um that's. That's what it is. But now um, those people can get spotted because of social media and mm. because of things like that. They, like, I saw this um, people going on about this TikTok video. Um, this um, this guy was filming this hundred meter um, hundred meter race. I think it was in Hong Kong or somewhere. Not too sure. And the guy who was filming it was running with a GoPro, and he was faster than the actual athletes. I've seen that. Um, I don't, have you seen that video? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why people are going, oh my God, who is this guy? Why wasn't he running? But that's sometimes, that's just how it is. He wasn't yeah. even part of the race. So people are like, this guy's amazing. But I mean, so that's it. And then people now are going to spot him and say, oh, maybe you should compete next time. But it, it can just happen in like the, the, like just a moment. Like I think yeah. the idea of becoming viral or becoming famous is something that we just like, we all imagine like people go, yeah. Oh, I don't imagine being famous. I would never want that. Right. You're going to get promised millions of pounds. Um, you're going to get, you know, deals. You're going to, you're going to yeah. live a, like a, a wealthy life. Doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of yeah. kind of bad sides to being a celebrity. Yeah. Um, but I think the idea of how quickly someone can become viral is crazy. I mean, I remember, for my NG9 news thing, I went on, I found out that Captain Tom Moore died. And yeah. so I went on Twitter with NG9 news and said, rest in peace, Captain Tom Moore. That was literally it. We added bits about what happened to him later on. And I, I, I got a message from a friend that he said, have you checked your phone? And I'm like, 
no. I mean, I never get messages from my friends saying stuff like that, no. especially at eight o'clock at night when I'm having tea. And he's like, 50,000 people have seen our tweet. And yeah, we've had hundreds it? of tweets. I'm like, what are you on about? We, we literally have less than 100 followers and we ne I never, ever get anything on Twitter. I think 99% yeah, yeah. of people can say the same. Yeah. And um, and he was like, yeah, yeah. Literally loads of people have seen it. I'm like, really? I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, 100,000 people have seen it by the end of the night just for saying resting people. And it, we were the fourth, no, we were third on trending. Uh, on the number one trending, we were third. And we were the fourth news outlet in the world to report on it. Bloody hell. So that there was like the breaking news. Moment. Yeah. That's it. You, you were ahead of the BBC. We, we NG, actually were. NG9 News was the one that, that uncovered the story. Who'd have thought, eh? Who'd have thought? You know what, though? This is why you don't underestimate volunteers, mate. We there might not always be on hand, but you know when we are, we're on at the right time. Oh, mate. So. Yeah, they don't. They don't know what they're missing. ITV and BBC and Sky, but they they just they just put out all the commercial stuff. NG9, that's where the real news is. It's where the real news is. I mean, that that's was a quick it. promotion. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I mean, that was kind of my. I mean, actually, talking of that, I thought I would mention because some of my viewers for the whole, I'd say year year and a bit that I've been doing this, we've they've always wanted the MP, local MP for where I live, to come yeah. on the podcast back and forth emails i've been a bit annoyed at him at times and possibly some yeah. slander was involved um and you know some of it uh what which i said was probably you know a bit ridiculous some of it i was quite yeah. passionate about um but you know i finally got in contact with him in real life okay. I was at an event on friday and i went yeah. to view the amazing beaston fc clubhouse reopening uh well i say okay. reopening it's a renovation of an old clubhouse. Yeah. And um, and he was there. I was about to, I was about an hour away from leaving and I saw him come up the stairs. I was eating this scone and I can just remember just take, just taking it away from my mouth and be like, he's here. I've, yeah. I've been like seeing this guy on Facebook, emailing him sometimes with responses, sometimes with not. Yeah. And he's finally replied. And obviously he'd replied a while ago and then obviously we'd seen him. So, Day goes on. I say, hello, how you doing? And he says, oh, I know you. You're that guy from NG9 News, aren't you? Oh, there like, you go. Okay. So he know, he obviously knew somewhere, which makes me kind of feel bad for, for being annoyed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know people have got issues with this guy, and but he knew who we were. Like, Well, yeah. He, yeah, because you've been pounding him. So that's that's why he knows you, <laughs> and yeah, because I, I can't remember he's an MP at the end of the day. So not, not that I'm backing him up or anything. No, no. But he's um, probably really busy and everything. Hmm. Or at first he might have just kind of pawed you off. He might have just looked at him and went, yeah, whatever, yeah, do something else. And then you kept on hounding him and hounding him. Then the end he's like, ah, oh, this guy just won't leave me alone. And that's why he knows who you are now. Because sometimes I mean you just that's you just got to hound people. You've got to be, and people have said this all the time, you've got to be relentless. You have yeah. to be relentless because so many people that have become guests on this show have been relentless. Yeah. Like, Tez Ilias, I was relentless. Yeah. I waited years, and I mean years, to talk to this guy. Yeah. It happened just for half an hour. You know, the CEO of the, the QMC, I had to wait a long time to make that happen. The MP, just to meet him, talk to him, I've waited at least a year and a half, two years. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually quite happy to say that I am 
not meeting with him on Wednesday, but I'm meeting his assistants, um, press officer, whatever, on Wednesday, and we're yeah. all going out for dinner. Yeah. And we're going to talk about how we can move this forward and how they can help me, which is really good. Uh, and I'm very thankful to them. And if Robert's listening now, thank you. That's good going. Um, yeah, I know. And, and they've even invited me to Parliament. So, bloody hell. I don't know. Um, we'll see. <laughs> but, but I just wanted to give everybody an overview of what's going on with that because they've been wanting it and I really want it to happen. So maybe the podcast is coming. We're getting there. We're getting there. Maybe yeah. I should be the new Who knows? Foreign Fingers Affairs crossed. Minister. Well, who yeah, knows? You'll be hanging out with the Boris and the boys. Well, I, I wouldn't quite go that far. I'm, I'm quite happy chilling with my mum. Yeah, you never know. You'll be like, you'll, part of, you'll be in the MP's bar. They'll be like, hello. You never know. You might be their little, you might be their little toy boy or something. Who knows? You, you might be down like, Boris like, come on, get in there now, boy. I am not going to become <laughs> I'll a I'll show you the member of parliament. Oh, God. <laughs> See so you walk around with a little white hat and everything, a little tie on there, like, hello. <laughs> Well, I just want to just say, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, we don't know. Uh, yeah. NG9 News, uh, we've got our news today from the boat race between Cambridge and Oxford. We'll be seeing you there. You'll be all over the place, mate. Oh, God. I mean, if, if oh, just like just chuck me in a cage and send me to Eton. Get in there. Get educated. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, get in there. Boy. I mean, yes. hey, we. who knows? I mean, it's going to be a crazy year. But I wanted to talk about something that you've been working hard on. And I've oh, seen, I saw you eating jelly deals, which are, that's not that, the thing that you were working that hard was the, on. That was the dream right there, yeah. I mean, I can imagine you were working hard on not throwing up, but <laughs> um, but you did the Brighton Fringe, right? I did. I was in Brighton all weekend. Yeah. How was that? I've heard it's an absolutely amazing place. Oh, mate. If you ever get a chance to go to Brighton, it is something else. It is um, you, because then. Um, Brighton is one of those, it's, it's very liberal. It's a very um, artsy kind of place. Okay. So if you, if you walk out, if you walk around Brighton in a suit, people think you're weird. So you have to be as out there as possible. Mm. And it's, um, I know, and everybody in, I notice everybody in, in Brighton thinks that they're an artist or a performer. Mm. So I just actually blended in and everyone there is just really, really nice. They're like really nice to you, and it's um, if you uh, when you are of age and you can go out drinking and boozing, which I'm sure you don't do any of that now, but um, you can uh, you'll uh, mm -hmm. but uh, yes, less said about that the better, but you will um, you'll be able to take full advantage of all that. Also, there are things for for kids like yourself to do as well. So they've got like um basketball courts on the beach and everything. They've got like basically. It's a lot, there's a lot more going on there than um, than the Midlands. Just take Skegness and then improve it by 100. Okay, that's how That's what you got. <laughs> that's how you get Brighton. That's what it is, essentially. And they got like, little theatres, they got like little uh, patisseries and everything. But it was great. And then um, I got to see a few shows as well. And then uh, while I was down there in Brighton, and then I was obviously, I was on two shows myself. And it was um it was great and the crowds are like really into it because they know they come to see comedy and they were enjoying it. It was a um, it was a really great experience. I would like to go down to Brighton again at some point. Hmm. So how how did you actually get onto the Brighton Fringe? Like, did they contact you or how does that work? Well, because I'm still at that bottom of the barrel stage in comedy. Um, this guy was um basically me and 
majority of the comedians that I know on the circuit, we did our Brighton Fringe shows at this same venue called the Caxton Arms. Mm. It's a pub, but yet downstairs they've got an actual proper little theatre for comedy and or, or music or stuff like that. And um, we had to like, book the event if you wanted to put a show on there. So I put I booked on to put a show there. And um, I had two other comedians I booked on there with me. And um, yeah, we went there. We smashed it out of the park. And then um, another comedians I know went down there as well. And they all enjoyed it. Uh, the only downside is sometimes it's hard to get a crowd in there. So mm. that means we had to go out and do some flyering and everything, which is, which I don't like doing. You know, I like to be on the show. I don't like to market the show. Mm. But, um, you know, it just has to be done. You draw them in. And then, and then when you get a bit of a crowd in there, they all, uh, they all loved it. That's it. It's, it's uh, I've never done comedy, and I've, I've actually never gone and watched comedy live, which is yeah, bad me. But it must have been an incredible experience because I do have an idea of of Brighton and it being like a very like culture focused place. Oh yeah. Um. So it would actually be like the perfect location, really, to do something like this. Surely. Oh yeah, and it's like, and I forgot. I completely forgot about this, but it's Pride Month. And I went down to Brighton during Pride. Mm. So you can imagine it's like it was Brighton elevated even higher because it's just a carnival atmosphere then because everybody's out there all doing like they have this massive place called the Warren where they have like shows on there. It's like it looks like a circus, like the actual looks like a circus tent. But you go there, there's bars and there's like different um, shows going on in every and I I, um, I got to talking to some Moroccan guy at two in the morning and I got a picture with him as well. And he was, um, he was saying he was trying to look for a place to play his guitar, but the bar that he was playing his guitar outside of told him, can you please leave? Cause they're locking up. And I was like, well, were you performing? He goes, no, I just fancy playing my guitar. I might go on the beach and just play my guitar for a bit. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you, you go do that. You go play your guitar. So that's, um, that's the kind of thing you see in Brighton. And there's one guy who came up to us, he looked like an artist. You know, these artsy kind of people. He's got beads everywhere and he's got like a f- f- colorful top and everything. And he comes up to us. Oh, there's no place like Brighton in the world. There's no place like Brighton. I, he goes, I've lived in Berlin. I've lived in Paris. I've lived in New York. I'm like, mate, you've been about. And he goes, like, But Brighton is the best. And he goes, Where are you from? I go, I'm from Leicester. He goes, Oh, yeah, I've stopped off in Leicester for a bit, but then I went, for, but I went past it. I was like, oh, Okay. So Leicester didn't quite make the. Uh, is one of the best so, but he's like yeah but people who and also brighton's not that big either brighton's actually very small so mm. you could you could go from one you could drive from one side of brighton to the other in less than 20 minutes wow so it's a so it's and that's why and everything's there and and, and everyone just gets on it's a really nice place mm. so you know if you want to go to only downside is it's bloody expensive that's the only downside is it's like oh mate it's like I paid, um, I think I paid £6.50 for a latte and it was about that big. And it wasn't even that great. But I had a fantastic croissant. So, you know, what can I say? The croissant. I was like, oh, my days. I mean, mean, come on. We're from the Midlands. How often do we say, oh, fancy a croissant for breakfast? You know, well, we'll go have a croissant, mate. You know, (laughs) if I went up to my mates and said, I'm having a croissant, I'm like, what happened to you? <laughs> what, what do you even, do you have breakfast or what? Do, what do you what <laughs> just get some toast? Or I mean, yeah. I've got a really interesting story about a croissant actually that you might you might laugh at me for, but it wasn't yeah. funny at the time. So I remember I was at my brother's house. And yeah, 
his mum was in bed and he wanted yeah. breakfast. He was probably about four. I was probably about, I'd say about nine or ten. Yeah. And um, I say, his mum said to me, go and make him some croissants. She was half asleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I went up and I was like, well, how do I use the microwave? Because I've never used a microwave at that point, which I feel bad for. Oh, yeah. Um, early nine. But yeah, I was about, yeah, I was about nine. And yeah. literally I went up to his mum and I said, how long shall I put it in the microwave for? And she said, 10 minutes. But she meant she's getting up in 10 minutes. Oh. So I, so I ran downstairs. Oh. Thinking, oh, great. Okay, this is going to be fantastic. It's going to be bloody boiling. Put it in the microwave, turn it up to 10 minutes. Oh, no. Go away for 10 minutes, play with my little brother upstairs, playing with whatever we were. I think we were playing with, like, um, he used to like um, Paw Patrol. Oh, yeah. And all these Paw Patrol toys. And I used to still be immersed in it, even when I was nine. Yeah. And I came downstairs and I just noticed, like, the dogs were just running up the stairs, like, crying. And I'm like, what's going on? And there was just smoke everywhere. Like, this horrible gas um, (laughs) just engulfed the whole of the bottom of the house. And, like, I went down to breathe and I was like... I couldn't breathe. It was terrible because it was just, it was basically just burnt like plastic because it was covered in the plastic. Essentially. Oh, wow. So it's just bad to worse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. And my, I said, I woke my, my stepmom up. I was like, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. She was like, what do you want? What do you want? I'm like, I think the microwave's on fire. The, like the mac- microwave was puffing out smoke. Oh, and no. like the microwave was still on. And I mean, it's fair to say that the croissant was, um, slightly overdone oh yeah it was, it was well done was it it, it yes. was well done you wanted it rare well you got it well done yeah, we got it well done yeah take it or leave it um it was pretty badly messed up the house was like that for quite a few hours didn't get in trouble but yeah this store they still don't leave me alone for it this day i'm still not allowed to like microwave croissants in the house i, 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 I don't maybe there's some form of ptsd there or something when they when they see a croissant in the house like no not again <laughs> you weren't there man no, not again we can't let this beast come near us yeah. <laughs> croissant and microwave no they always eat croissants like they'll trust anyone to make a croissant but me if i yeah i mean they're like i mean did you explain your case that you thought she said put the croissant in for 10 minutes I but did. was that kind of overlooked that was overlooked they did not <laughs> yeah i don't yeah i don't care what i said <laughs> it was it's basically a household meme that sounds really sad but it's a household <laughs> meme now just household meme me nearly yeah, well, burning down the house yeah well there you go you know croissants they're dangerous hey that's know. comedy for you taron i should have recorded comedy. the whole thing literal comedy Mate, you know what? We should find that footage of you as a nine-year-old burning a croissant on a, in a microwave. And nearly the whole house, but we'll stick with the croissant for now. That's it. But that was, sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to take away from, that was my quick croissant story, but I kind of, there was one right. question I wanted to ask you about that comedy, like festival and comedy yeah. in general. Like, How does it feel to be on that stage telling people jokes? Because are you never worried about that idea that you tell a joke and it's literally like, crickets rubbing their legs together quiet like nobody says anything how do you like how do you it depends really because all comedy is subjective Mm -hmm. and um you learn this actually really quite a lot when you go on the circuit because when you're on the circuit you have to travel the country it's like i did a brighton this weekend but the week before i was actually doing a gig in leeds okay and i died on my ass it was, um, I didn't do as well because I, to make excuses, I got there, I was tired and everything. But you learn that certain parts of the country, they actually are into different types of comedy. 
Like if you go down, like say if you go to certain parts of London, they like to hear more political humour. They want to hear more jokes about Boris Johnson, jokes about government. They want to hear about those types of things. If you go up north, they don't really care about politics when it comes to humour. They just want to hear more about their day-to-day life. They want to hear more about like, you know, say for example, Peter Kay, for example, always used to do jokes about his nan. Because people up north like to hear jokes about their nan, jokes about having having the tea and all that type of stuff. That's what they, they want to hear about. They don't really care about, you know, if you do a joke about Boris and like in say, you know, somewhere in Yorkshire, they'll be like, well, I don't care. You know, and um, that's what I find the Midlands, specifically like Leicester and Nottingham and that lot, they're very kind of southern in many aspects, but they're very kind of northern in their sense of humour. So like you know, I noticed in the Midlands, they don't really care about political jokes. They like the old political jokes here and there, but at the end of the day, we'd rather hear a joke about someone's mum burning something than say Boris than Matt Hancock getting it off with someone. We'd rather hear that, you know, or hear that, you know. And then also we like a bit of crude stuff in the Midlands, like oh yeah, like you know, someone a little knob joke here and there. We love those. Yeah. So that's a, so, but you learn those types of things as you go around. So sometimes you have to modify your set where you go. And a lot of mine is now actually just focused on crowd work. So when I go on stage, I like to pick on the crowd, build a rapport with them. And then that way they might out of pity just laugh at my jokes. So that's what I like to do. And um, it's, and it works. This is what I've been doing for ages. And, um, and it works quite well. So it's just, but, you, but whenever you do anything like comedy, you have to know that you are risking dying on your ass. You are risking it. But that's the risk you take. If you want to make it in the game, you have to take those risks. So in that, but then hopefully you get less of those and more of the ones that people are loving you. And then um, hopefully that just builds on as it goes on. But when you do, when you do a set and people are cheering and they're loving it, it is an amazing feeling. You know, it's like you want to, then you're like, oh, I'll stay to the end. I'll speak to the audience. Oh, it's great. When you do a set and you've not done well, you just want to leave that venue as soon as. Literally, I've done it before. When I was, um, funny enough, in Nottingham, I did a, this was quite, when I was quite early on, I did a set and I've massively failed at it. And I was like, I went to the promoter like, yeah, I'm just going home now. I'm going home. I don't want to stay any longer. They go like, oh, but you're not going to stay for the end. I'm going to go for drinks. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm going home. So then I left. And then um, afterwards, a comedian actually came up to me at one of these gigs in um, in Birmingham, an old comedian. He said to me, whenever you do a set, whether you do well, whether you don't, always stay till the end. And I said, why? He goes, because when you stay to the end, you get to see how other comedians are. And also you get to talk to them and you get to network. So whenever you always stay to the, get there early and stay to the very end. So that way you get to see other comedians and how they act with a certain crowd and then you can learn from them and then so ever since then that's always what i've done i've always stayed to the end i think it's always that one moment that like makes you think about something especially when it's from someone who's like of mm. an older generation oh yeah i think in that case like i mean it's just small things like the really really small things like yeah you know i remember once when i was younger i didn't say something to someone who asked how i was and i just said yeah i'm good and I remember my mum just poking me on the shoulder and going, you should always ask someone else how they are. And yeah, that's then, how they're doing. I have never, and I promise you this, never ever just gone, I'm good. Yeah. And that's it. Never, never. Yeah. If I have, I've said, oh, I'm sorry. How are you? Do you know, it's those little tiny yeah. things. And obviously, you know, with comedy, you know, it's, 
it's something that I wouldn't dare do. Um, not because I don't, th- I don't think I'm funny. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. it's always say, Oh yeah, you're funny or whatever, but I don't think I'm funny and not just that, yeah. but it's that idea of like, there's some jokes that I'll tell and it will just get nobody laughing, but there's some that I'll be like, okay, great. But it, it's that kind of on and off 50, 50. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't want to ruin this kind of, yeah. I'm kind of not a perfectionist, but I worry too much about getting it wrong. It's all trial and error, really. Yeah. It, I mean, hey, I, I, I could do all your politics jokes, whatever. You know, I could do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, that's I could, it. I could. You know. Yeah, but some people like that. Some people are into political satire. People love that. Mm. And it's um, I mean, when I started in comedy, I actually started on a um, doing ultra comedy, which is for charity. Mm. They do uh, eight weeks of training, and then you go and perform. And I had to perform at, you know, the home of football, the King Power Stadium, Leicester City Stadium. I had to go perform there. And um, that was in front of 200 people on my first gig. And luckily, it went really well. And um, But that's it. And then um, sometimes after that, not every gig, not every big gig has been spot on. Sometimes there have been times where it's just gone shit. And I'm like, oh, no, I wish I didn't do this. But that's it. But then um, after a while... You get better. You get better with age and with experience. Mm. I get you. It's quite. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. Say, it's like a fine wine, isn't it? it gets better. Exactly. Get, you know, yeah. You know, and, and obviously you work hard on this. I know you do, and I see the things that you do are awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, and, I, and you. I like it when you come on my podcast because you definitely make me laugh. You know, I know you made the guests laugh as well. Um, well and I'm it's an awesome. Hey. You, try your best you know yeah. and that's what it is i mean i've been doing podcasts in a year like we're still not hitting those big numbers but i don't mind you know i don't mind you know what in a day you just got to do it because you enjoy it you don't don't aim straight away to get the big obviously it'd be nice to get the big numbers and everything but just first do it because you enjoy it and then you know after a while the numbers will come mm. it's like i bought some vlogging stuff lately it's like i um i bought a vlogging light Okay. See, I got this vlogging light here. You can see it oh, flashing shit. there. See that? I got a vlogging light. I even got a little vlogging microphone as well, right. which you attach to your phone and you can vlog on a day-to-day basis. I didn't use it in Brighton because it was too much hassle. Hmm. But it's um, these are sometimes some things I like to take around with me because now in Leicester we've got um, I've completely gone off on a tangent now, and I. But in Leicester we've got a um, you know, Ninja Warrior. Oh my god, no, you haven't. Yeah, we have. We've got one of those in Leicester now. What? Yeah, so I want me and my mates are going to go down there and um, basically vloggers failing at it. So look out for that one. Okay, so I'm... it's uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. But um, yeah, so I've, as soon as we saw like Ninja Warriors in Leicester, I was like, really? Ninja Warriors coming to Leicester? But then no, it's actually just a Ninja Warrior Center. I was like, first I thought they're going to film that here, but mm. it's uh, but they're not going to film Ninja Warrior in Leicester. I mean, the, the show's not on that bad of times right now, but it's, it's not, they're not that low budget yet, but it's, um, yeah, we've got a little Ninja Warrior Center that's open in Leicester. It's like, really? Oh, okay. So we're just going to go hang out there for a bit. I mean, this is just my message to, to the people that own Ninja Warrior. Get it in Nottingham right now. Um, because I don't want, I'm not saying I don't like Leicester, but I don't want to have to go all the way to Leicester yeah. to bloody go and do Ninja Warrior. I mean, 
They wanted to go to somewhere with a little bit of class and decorum, and they thought oh, yeah. Leicester will do the job. <laughs> yes, it's so that's what he came to. Instagram, then, they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they thought, who's won the FA Cup this year? Oh, yeah, we'll go there. Oh. <laughs> that's that's yeah, it. Five you know. minutes, I forgot about that, you know. Uh, <laughs> fair play to Leicester, but... I'm, a, I'm actually gigging in Nottingham at some point this year. What, when? What, what about? I'm gigging in Nottingham on the 22nd of September at the Canal House. No, you're not. The Canal House? Yeah. It's like a tram. It's like literally just a train into town for me. Yeah, you can come down and watch. Um, yeah, at the Canal House. It's for NCF comedy. I'm, being, I'm gigging there on that date. Well, that is brilliant. I mean, my friend actually, well, he's a friend of my my granddad's, who is now a friend of my mum's, who is also a friend of mine, I think, actually owns the, the pub company. I think it's Castle Rock. Yeah. Yeah, Castle Rock. So I'll speak to them. I'll speak to them. Get some, yeah, you'll, get some you'll special see, reservations. Yeah. Uh, is it booking available now? or I I don't know. But <laughs> I assume right. it is. You can uh, just go down there and watch. Yeah, so yeah, I'll actually be in Nottingham that day. I love yeah. the Canal House, so I'll be there. Ah, nice. I look forward to seeing you there. If, I, if it's after school, I'll just come in my school stuff. So, <laughs> if it's after uh, school. <laughs> Sometimes I forget about that. So, <laughs> so, so, who you got coming to the show? Got some school kid, you know, but not in a weird way. It's just I've got to, you know, hang yeah, out with a school kid. You see all the people in the audience just sitting there, like, with their pitchforks, like. Yeah, no, get him. You know, get him, get him. Like, <laughs> just like flaming torch moment. Yeah, I'll come out. It'll be mint. Lovely. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's you've all just witnessed me book onto a show. Um, there you go. Well, I've got to watch a show anyway. Um, you know, so that'll be mint. Look forward to seeing you. Good looking. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Don't talk about Robin Hood like I know you've tried because. <laughs> Yeah, and also don't talk about the the new Nottingham Castle renovation because uh, it's quite expensive. So it's thirteen pound each for an adult. So I've I've kicked in Nottingham before, and because um, I like to pick on an area, it's like yeah, the whole Robin Hood thing. It makes me um, because you name streets after Robin Hood characters. Yeah, you've got like Maid Marian Avenue and Maid you know Marian Way, yeah, Maid like... Marian Way and crap like that. And it's like yeah, we get it. Robin Hood was from nottingham and it's uh you know we don't because in leicester we don't have walker's crisp street you know mm. we get it you know but yeah that, then I, when i last gigged in nottingham i forget the name of the place but it was um i think it was kind of a studency bar mm. and in the whole area there was only one guy who was actually from nottingham in the actual bar what? And, and and i was like i'm gigging in nottingham and only one of you is from here it's like being a Liverpool fan, isn't it? You, 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 you know, you, you sit in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. None of them, none of them are from Liverpool except for a couple of them. You know, always just... an Arsenal fan. Yeah, or Man United. You know, it's literally don't talk. None about of them from. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, don't mention Man United. Or oh, that's where don't we draw you. the line, is it? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I remember when I went to. In fact, the last thing I will say because I've, I've got food in about five ten minutes, but I yeah. don't want to break it up like I did last time that I had a memory the first time and the last time that I've been to Old Trafford um, yeah. to watch a game because I've been on a tour there. I remember I was sitting there with my dad and I was eating my little packed lunch in my, for some reason, I had an RNLI lifeboat um, lunch box, which I, I used do. to love. So I used to have yeah. that on me all the time and I looked like a little, you know, I don't know. I just had a big orange coat on a big yellow bag and 
My dad was just standing there in his big hooligan sort of clothes and my uncle was there and whatnot. And I was just kind of the odd one out, the anomaly. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, he certainly wouldn't lose you with you wearing that. Well, no, he <laughs> wouldn't. I mean, it, it was close, though, because I remember there was this massive police horse. At the time, I was only small. And this massive yeah. police horse was stumbling about. And I was like, you know, I'm just yeah. dead scared. But then I remember getting into the stadium. We were sitting there. It was, it was Wolves versus Man United, 2010. It was 4-1. Um, yeah, I remember the great game it was. You can search up the highlights on the internet. And I can remember these big Irish blokes from behind me. I my dad on the shoulder yeah. and saying, can you just let us do something? And they just got me and they just went, <laughs> they like chucked me in the air. <laughs> they were just like these big Irish ultras who were just like just chucking me in the air. Irish ultras. Yeah. yeah. Football football lads, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just, just, yeah I just, just, just grab a, let, me, let me just pick up a kid and just throw him a bit. Did. You know, football lads. Drop up in the air, you know. Like <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, oh, diddly dee. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a diddly dee when I... It wasn't, it wasn't a diddly dee. I mean, I'm sure you were probably terrified that these random Irish guys are throwing you around everywhere. It was very and your dad scary. just let it happen. My, <laughs> my dad was like, just yeah, in cool. the moment just like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, football lads. <laughs> that was literally, the, that was it. I mean, I can't remember <laughs> what end we were in, but it was absolutely immense. Like highly, yeah. if you're not a Man United fan or whatever, just go to the Old Trafford. Just watch a game. Yeah, I mean, in fact, don't actually, because when I watched it, I was that was when Sir Alex Ferguson was there. Oh, the great days! Oh, the, you know, I mean, even though I'm not a Man United fan, you know, but I still have to say that he was the best manager the Premiership's ever had. Football, you have to, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you have to, you, you gotta have your hats off to him. You know, he did the job, and Man United have never been the same since. No, I mean, no. they've won, they've won the odd trophy, but never quite emulated it. But it's not, but, it's not good, like massively good trophies, is it? Like, yeah, won the, you, yeah, they won the, you, yeah, they are the Europa, Europa League. Um, and oh, you won it with, um, did, did you win it with Jose? Yes. Yes, you did. Yeah, you won it with him. And then you sacked him. Yeah. <laughs> he was quite, I think he's quite a difficult manager for the football nowadays. I just, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. You know, I mean, I've watched the Tottenham documentary, but it doesn't tell me enough. It just tells me about Harry oh. Kane. You're going to score. score. Like that way. I don't even know what you say. I know. Um, it's just... That's Harry Kane. Still yet to score a goal. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's been crap in this Euros. So, so <laughs> honestly crap. I'm, he's been I'm crap. so disappointed in him. I was expecting... And, and also, you know that last game mm. against uh, the Czech Republic? Yeah. You know how everyone's been banging on about bringing, like, play Sancho, play Sancho. I've been going on about on my stories all the time. And then he brings on Sancho with 10 minutes left. What's the point? What's the point? Plain we don't need him. him. You know, and he's, he's taking Grealish off. Like, he showed, like, you know, Grealish... When he did play, he's the one who set up the goal for Sterling to score. Yeah. And it was, a you know, and Saka did the job as well. It's just, I don't know what Southgate, I, you know what? I've, because um, I'm much older than you. Hmm. I, um, I've been um, <laughs> much older. <laughs> I, was, um, I was, I was born, I wasn't, I didn't see Italian 90. I was born 91. So I, I didn't see Italian 90. My, my first World Cup memory was actually France 98. Okay. Uh, and that's when Beckham got sent off. And um, my first football memory was actually uh, Euro Euro '96. Um, but then it was um, yeah, Euro, no, yeah, Euro '96. I vaguely remember that. But I remember France '98. And in the 2000s, 
Every single time there was a Euros, every time there was a World Cup, they'd always say, oh, I think this is going to be the year that England do it. I mean, this is it. And this was, remember, this was like England's golden. We had Beckham back then. We had Ashley Cole. We had mm. Frank Lampard. We had John Terry, Sol Campbell. We had Rooney. You know, even Michael Owen was there. These players here were immense. And we blew it. So now, and that's why I'm kind of glad now that they don't really go on about that anymore. Yeah. They kind of just like, you know, and let's face it, you know, England won the World Cup in 66. It, who cares? Let's be honest. Yeah, honest. That was fifty-five years ago. You know, who cares now? Uruguay won the World Cup in nineteen thirty something. Who cares? You know, who cares now? It's all about how you can do it now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's uh, so that's why I'm like, I'm, against Germany, I'm already kind of like, yeah, let me get ready for the heartbreak. I mean, if they win, obviously I want them to win, but let me get ready for the heartbreak because yeah. I can. But you know, what? I can see this scenario playing out, and I might, I might put money on this to happen. England score a goal, it gets di- disallowed by VAR, and then Germany go and score. Typical Germans. And then for ages we go on about how that goal should never been disallowed. Yeah, it, it happened with. <laughs> well, look at what happened with the Frank Lampard goal. People still go on about. Oh God! That. But that I was terrible. That. You know what? When that happened, I was in um, Leicester City Centre at the time watching that, and they used to have this. They had this massive screen in the city centre. There was about. About a thousand, two, four, four, five thousand people there watching it, and then when Frank Lampard hit that and it was disallowed, people were ready to riot. Yeah, it was. But remember, this is before VAR. So then, and it's like it was so obviously in. But yeah, I, I remember that, and then we lost four-one. It was ridiculous. It's but you know what, right? That is a, a story for another podcast. That goal. That's it. A whole podcast on that. But I just want to end this with a thank you to you for joining me. And I also okay. want to wish you all the best with um, with your comedy. And hopefully you'll come on again soon. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, I've really enjoyed coming on. You should definitely be a regular guest. Um, yeah. And I want to end with my Euros prediction. Go on. My prediction is going to be Italy versus uh, France in the final. That's a good shout. And I, I think that Germany will get knocked out by... I possibly Denmark. I don't know. I, I don't know why I think they're going to go through, but I have a feeling. And if not, England will go through and who knows from there. But let's just say we'll see. Yeah. I want Denmark to win because I got them in the we'll sweet work. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think everybody, um, everybody's got that soft spot for Denmark now. Especially but, um, after the happening. So. Yeah, that's it. So, but I am, um, I'm actually uh, back in uh, Belgium. I know oh. they were crap yesterday, but I'm actually back in Belgium. Um, maybe a Belgium-France final, who knows? But I'm actually back in Belgium for this. It would be awesome. I mean, that, that tiny yeah. little country winning something, uh, a trophy nearly the size of the country. How awesome would that <laughs> exactly. be? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, well, hey, let's see how it goes. Maybe let's do a podcast after the Euros and yeah. we'll see how it goes. So yeah. after <laughs> when July, none of our then, predictions come right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if so, England if England win it, we look like massive dicks because we've not predicted England to even be in the final. That's fine. If if yeah, England but I'll gladly do it. I'll gladly take it. I will gladly take being called whatever you want to call me. I don't care. Just win. Yeah. So yeah, just do the job. Just do the job. So there you go. Maybe you're listening to this and we've won, and you're sitting there with your chip body and you know. And your, your man boobs out laying on your day yeah. in the sun. But maybe you're actually quite sad and still at work. 
So, or on a run. I don't know. And maybe we do. Who knows? This was all a bad conversation. But That's hey, that, that was, there you go. That was episode 59 there with Taryn Shelley and me, your host, Jay Martin. Thank you all for tuning in. Taryn, have a wonderful evening. Look forward to oh, seeing you, you again soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.